Shri Gauri Vaishnava Guru Parampara ki jai, Jaji Gopal ki jai, Kaunityananda ki jai, Radha Madhava ki jai, Or Bhakti Vrinda ki jai, Kaunpremanande. Good evening. So we've been discussing about the uh, the Rag of Radha and Krishna as it uh, as the subject arises at the end of the 15th chapter of the 10th canto after the slaying of Denikasur as the cowherds, Krishna and cows, head home and where the village pasture land buffer between the village and the forest meet gopis who young gopis would normally be shy found strength in numbers as they all as if by a force from beyond themselves went to the front of the of the of the group of virtually everyone um, anticipating Krishna and Ram's return, seeing as they did the dust, the goduli, the cow dust, hearing the flute of Krishna, and the songs of the cowherds glorifying him. There's a saying in the in the in the musical texts of India that song is the is the greatest science or way of knowing Vidya song and uh, of course we say that Bhagavatam says knowing Krishna is the is the greatest knowing most comprehensive knowing and of course then we also combine them together in the form of song about Krishna. So they heard these songs. And um, not that they weren't anticipating them, so waiting for his return. <coughs> but again, the gopis, yeah, they just ran to the front. So they, this is the, the Purvaragas. Their adolescence is, is occurs in Purvarag. I think I might have said that Purvaragas is a form of uh, separation from Krishna that occurs in... Um, budding adolescence, which begins to manifest in the middle and end, towards the end, the second half, of the Poganda Leela, the boyhood Leela of Krishna and Ram. Um, and it is a kind of a separation that occurs at that time. I might have also mentioned it as, a, as an Udipana, but rather more correctly, there are Udipanas that are stimulants that occur in the context of, of the Buddha Rag. Um, so, at any rate, uh, this is driving them to the front. Then, it, then their shyness is overcome by the fact that they're all, without thinking about it, being driven at the same time. So, as I've mentioned, there's strength in numbers. And uh, so their timidity or shyness is overcome by the, by the strength of, of the entire group. And meanwhile, while that might look strange, young girls are all racing to the front, um, to see Krishna, everyone else's eyes are also on him and Ram relative to their own bhavas. So there they exchange glances and so on and so forth. So we've heard that, and uh, I think in our reading last night we reached a peak. Uh, the view of, from which into the valley looked rather uh, desperate. Um, after the class, and just in passing, I was reminded of and mentioned it. Um, some of you may have heard of of uh, Mahaprabhu's visit to the South, South India, where he met one um, uh, Rambakta Brahmana, Vaishnav, at whose house he had been invited for lunch. And when he came for the lunch, there was nothing cooked. And so he asked, you know, what happened? You invited me for lunch, and nothing's been cooked. And this Brahmin's response was. How can we? How can I cook? Sita has been kidnapped by Ravan. So this is just to illustrate the point, hmm? the power of these um, leelas. So we we were talking about 
living within the, the community, Howard community, under the auspices of, of, of the uh, Raj, of the cowherds, Nandababa and his queen, Yashwamati, Devi, and feeling along with them, uh, I think we mentioned the elders, we'll talk about Krishna's feelings and the gopis' feelings as well, at this at this time, which was it was getting exciting. As I say, we we're kind of ascending to a peak, and but now the view from there looks rather uh, um, unappealing because we heard that Garga Charja had to intervene. He went to Purnamasi and said, according to the chart of Krishna, he's not going to be here. He can't marry the girls. And so this had to sink in, and and we, we related a little bit how, how I mean these inhabitants. These are all, of course, the we're speaking primarily about all Nitya Siddhas, who there are Sadhana Siddhas in the Prakat Lila as well, but they're following in the wake of the Bab of, of the Nitya Siddhas, who all they're all uh, um, even before the manifestation of the of the Puvarag and, and the budding adolescence of the gopis and Krishna, they feel naturally that Radha and Krishna belong to one. Because, of course, because they do, and that's what Raja is all about. And so it's inherent within them, these, these, this sensibility. And now, to hear that it, that it can't happen, this is, this is really um, disconcerting, to say the least. So we wanted to try to feel a little bit how, how disconcerting it was for them ourselves is the idea and with this example of this this uh, how that's possible and how consuming that is that Leela that eating is of course kind of the bottom line in the world hmm? if you can't eat you can't live right so it's a beautiful thing in in, uh, in, in Bhakti Marg that we connect that which is which we are most dependent upon for our sustenance food with um, with bhakti by way of offering food to Krishna like the beautiful and very tasteful buri of Shamsundar that I was um, commenting about earlier today uh, more than once um, to connect that primal material uh, necessity hmm, with divine service in yoga by way of offering the food to Krishna. This is just that's such a base um, <coughs> line uh, way that kind of the generosity of bhakti that enables us to connect. Um, so, um, but food and size from that is, is, a, is a driving force. In here, we can see that the Leela has the power to to end the world, so to speak, as much as the world is about eating hmm? and the need to eat. I mean, we, we basically, you know, typically people start thinking about breakfast and they go to work and they start thinking about lunch. And then and after a little while they start thinking about dinner and, and, and so forth. So to forget about lunch and dinner and, and altogether, that's something pretty consuming. Hmm? Uh, we hear about the Goswamis that, uh, that they forgot to eat nidra hara vihara kadi vijito by by regularly in a systematic way sankhya puvaka namagana natibhi so they chanted in a regulated way prescribed number of rounds on their beads and did other such angas and gave such other angas of bhakti so these things, eating, sleeping, mating, and defending, they forgot about them. That's an, it's incredible. Um, and so it's a testament to the power of these uh, stories about Krishna that they were absorbed in, writing about, and so forth. <laughs> and uh, um, I remember Prabhupada, um, in the final months, weeks, um, of his manifest presence amongst us, at one point he said, uh, I have overcome uh, eating now. 
I think he said he felt he hadn't overcome sleeping yet. <laughs> but he, he, he was feeling victorious, if you will. Not that stopping from eating and sleeping is arangas of bhakti, but that type of extreme detachment that that is that is built into jnana and yoga as angas and the things that you're supposed to do actively fast and forego sleep and, and so on and so forth they're overcome as a byproduct of, of bhakti therefore they did all the bhakti practices and as a result they forgot about eating and sleeping if you fast consciously you don't really forget about eating you mean you're, you're, you're consciously thinking I will not eat <laughs> so um, they forgot about eating is the idea through the hearing and chanting so this, this uh, it's just the power of the of, of, of bhakti to end the world so to speak it's a way of saying it can bring an end uh, to hunger people want to solve the hunger problem well this brahman who got so absorbed in his bhav uh, of meditating on ram leela that he couldn't cook because he was stepping into the leela internally and, and and at that time this had this aspect of ram leela had taken over his, his his consciousness sita had been kidnapped by ram by Ravana, so he can't think of eating now. So he couldn't. And this is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was coming for lunch. So he was, you can imagine how pleased Mahaprabhu was, how filling that was, how nourishing of a, of a lunch that was. If a devotee invites you to lunch, and that's how they're feeling, you think, I'm in the right place, I'm going to get nourished here. <coughs> Mahaprabhu had to gradually bring him down from his bhava. When Mahaprabhu met devotees like this, you might notice that there are a few of them. He didn't try to convert them. He converted other people, even from 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 Gyan, from from Bhakti, like uh, like uh, the uh, father and mother of Prabhu Sarasati, or not Gopal uh, Goswami, excuse me. Prabhu um, was his uncle. Uh, they were. His father was the head priest of the uh, Sri Rangam temple, the Ramanuj Sampradaya Mark Sampradaya. He converted them to Ragmarg. So um, uh, he converted Sarvabhoma about the charge. But when he's found someone like this South Indian Brahmin or like, um, what's his name, Anupam, the other the third brother of Rupa and Sanatan, who couldn't give up his uh, worship of Raghupati Ram. And they sat together and concluded objectively that the worship of Radha and Krishna was super excellent. And, and But when he went to bed at night, he couldn't sleep because he had been a lifelong devotee of Rama. In the morning, he said he couldn't, he couldn't give up the worship of Rama. And when, when that was told to Mahaprabhu, he said, The glorious is that devotee that won't give up his Lord, and the glorious is the Lord who won't give up his devotee. Hmm? And this is this is the nature of this um, uh, bhava. You know, Krishna is made of that relationship. He can't give it up. Someone was talking about falling from Vaikuntha or something like that. I explained that 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 Krishna's pleasure. Yes, he's an atmaram. That's true. That means he's self-satisfied. But on, overlaid on that Atmaram is Premaram. Ram here means to enjoy, to take pleasure in the self, to take pleasure in Prem. He takes pleasure in himself, and even the way he does that is because the Sarup Shakti is inherent in him. But when it manifests externally, for example, in the form of Radha, then there's a possibility of, of Prem. And this is what, what what Krishna's all about. So if you take away the devotee, you're you're deconstructing Krishna. He's made of that. You understand? Um, it's uh, it, it it doesn't make for an all attractive supreme being. Somehow his, his 
his pleasure would be diminished in that case, which isn't, doesn't happen, of course. So, so at any rate, um, nice example. The uh, the uh, Brahmin in South India <coughs> and Mahaprabhu was very pleased. So uh, we were in a similar um, acute condition, if you will, in the context of the Prajalila, inasmuch as we had heard and we were feeling how the elders, in particular, to whom this news was first um, broadcast or uh, delivered, uh, as I say, Gargacharya, the family priest, um, who would then preside over the name-giving ceremony of Krishna, um, had um, come to Braj, he went to meet Purnamasi and told her the problem. Hmm? And so she, being a theologian, uh, reflected on it and and, uh, and and so on and so forth. And um, um, resolved the issue herself, theologically, but this had not been explained to everybody else. Neither could it be explained to everybody else hmm? for a couple of reasons. This is just too, too complicated. Hmm? It's for sadhakas. <laughs> uh, for, for village people. Uh, you can say, Krishna is really here, even though he appears not to be here, it just doesn't, doesn't, that doesn't compute. Um, although it's true, and the, because it doesn't compute because it is true. Hmm. That's how much they, 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 they love him, and he's present in their love. Anyway, so uh, she will give an explanation of sorts um, to Brinda Devi and pacify her and pass it on to the gopis as much as they can digest it. But at any rate, the first. Uh, of the residents to get the news is the is the elders who, at the onset of the puberty of their daughters, they are so thought to to marry them. And Krishna is the natural, without thinking about it, choice for everyone. We talked about that and how it was. <coughs> excuse me, not an advocacy of polygamy, um, but a theological necessity that there be more than one. Um, Gopi, <clears throat> for the sake of uh, tasting all of the, the uh, nuances, nuances, uh, emotions of possible and romantic love. Um, so, what to do? You could, I mean, we try to imagine how the, the the parents of all the girls felt. It's not like. Oh, that's you know too bad. It's like their their feeling that their daughter should marry Krishna is is inherent in them. It's 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 a true. It's the absolute truth. <laughs> so they, that they can't just doesn't really compute. Hmm? Um, so, but uh, anyway, I'll, I'll read a little something. Pick up where we left off. Meanwhile, on the ground. Um, after Garga spoke with Purnamasi. The unpalatable talk of the need to marry Radha and her friends to someone other than Krishna gradually sunk into the minds of the elders, although there was a great wall of resistance at first. They eventually caved in to the Dharmic perspective, at least externally, and arrangements to find other husbands were initiated. However, internally their sense that the gopis and Krishna belong to one another remain in place as they unwittingly laid the groundwork to the Parakya Bhava bridge between their inner desire and the outer reality. So, unbeknownst to them, so to speak, they're involved in the bringing of Radha and Krishna together in a special way as it occurs in Parakya. Um, and that by starting to arrange for the marriage of the gopis to others, which seems like totally against bringing Radha and Krishna together. So unbeknownst to them, unwittingly, they began to build this bridge 
between their inner feelings and the apparent outer reality that Krishna and Radha and gopis can't be married in the inner reality feeling that they should. So they're constructing a, a bridge, so to speak, that's a resolution to the problem without knowing about it because knowing about it won't, will, will ruin the whole... <laughs> the parakia. So, so when the news of the gopis' marriage to others reached Krishna, he appeared to take it in stride and even expressed happiness for the gopis. However, to his closest friends, the smile, I don't know if I'll keep this, the smile on his face looked out of place and looking closer, they perceived the tracks of his tears that told another story. You're too young to know where that came from. Okay. Right. Maybe you drew that from, but it's, uh, it's, it's quite nice in another sense. So his close, uh, uh, his closest friends, these means as Narmasakas in particular, with Krishna's feelings externally expressed one way. Hmm? Internally, he's feeling something else, and they could perceive it. So what are his feelings, and then those feelings, his friends are, are, are one with. So again, however, to his closest friends, the smile on his face looked out of place. And looking closer, they perceived the tracks of his tears that told another story. Thus, they made this internal story of Krishna's their own, committing themselves to the role of accomplices in the bhava of building the parakya bridge between the sakis and their sakha. Hmm. However, when the girls were informed of such arrangements, now it's getting worse. Hmm. So the parents, okay, they're older, so they should be able to digest it. Hmm. They're mature. Krishna, um, he's a boy. <laughs> and uh, so... Um, he has his Purushabhav <coughs> and sensibility and um, perhaps a little less sentimental on the surface and uh, although he's raging within but he can make a good good front but the gopis you know it's said uh, Krishnadas makes a nice statement in Chaitanya Charitamrita that, that basically he, he doesn't say it exactly like this basically uh, Bart Muni who wrote the Nata Shastras about uh, aesthetics, drama, the arts, and so forth, um, said that in romantic love, the taste of rasa between the man and the woman is equal. But according to Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami and the Gaudiya Vaishnavism, the taste of the gopis exceeds that of Krishna's. If it didn't, there wouldn't be Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Right? Why? There'd be no Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Because realizing that, Krishna, that the gopis are perceiving it from outside, they're experiencing something and a taste of rasa beyond my own experience. I'm Rasaraj, but am I? Hmm? Of course, as I've many times said, then he realizes it's, it is something in him that makes them like that, but it can only be experienced from their vantage point. So he then feels the need to adopt uh, their vantage point to see himself through their their eyes and so forth. So, um, what did Bharat know about rasa is pretty much what Krishna says. This is a different kind of rasa. And it is. This is the bhakti rasa. Hmm? It's not this worldly, secular rasa as we mentioned the other night. And it has peculiarities of its own. And this is one of them. So, Krishna at least externally could could, could could deal with it, although internally it was it was he was uh, some was uh, uh, perhaps able to handle it with the help of his friends, but the gopis inside outside it just it's uh, no difference so to speak. So, however, when the girls were informed of such arrangements, now it's really peaking. They each individually took drastic measures that turned out to be the same. 
So they didn't get together and and talk about it and so on and so forth. They didn't have that opportunity, and they were not all even. They didn't all know one another even at the time. This um, the this development of Puvarag and then the the the, the problem that we're talking about that uh, that arises in the context of it uh, is this creates the setting in which um, the some of the famous I would say um, famous or um, well-known gopis through at least for the through the pens of the Goswamis who readily appear in their Leela Grantas in their texts and so on and so forth um, they got to know one another as a result of this so they didn't they didn't if some of them didn't even know one another but they all reacted to the news as it filtered down that they wouldn't marry Krishna hmm? now you know to their parents their parents didn't know that they wanted to marry Krishna they just felt that he should marry they should marry Krishna that was perfect and they were feeling that and then, and then who are they going to share that with this is it's, it's almost um, it's um, Typically, in a Hindu setting of times gone by, when in the village the, the marriage would be arranged earlier, it's 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 like something set up before there are any such feelings. Their feelings are coming out, and and they're kind of not supposed to be coming out. They're young still. They're still only girls. Krishna is only a boy, but as I said, in the case of Krishna and the gopis, and Krishna's friends, Ram, this adolescent sensibilities are starting to appear even in their boyhood, even in their in their girlhood, rather than rather than their adolescence. Adolescent sensibilities are coming, so it's peculiar to them. It's and the parents aren't entirely recognizing it, and so forth. So they, in their own minds, singly and individually, are thinking that they love Krishna and who they and and how to. Who to talk to about that? And what that even means? Hmm? So individually, this is an important word here. Individually, they all came to the same conclusion, although without without consulting one another. However, the girls were informed when the girls were informed of such arrangements that their marriages were being arranged, and and obviously Krishna wasn't you know, part of this part of the arrangement, they each individually took drastic measures that turned out to be the same. Okay. Thus, they found themselves and one another at what was previously Kaliya's lake within the Jamuna, where the water was the deepest and the darkest, realizing that they each had the same thing in mind and with Radha as their leader natural leader she just naturally commanded so to speak um, by being anything other than bossy and and dominating in that context um, just by her nature and in and, and, and what was in them seeing it in her to a greater degree they had they their relationship is with one another is, is based on this the common romantic feelings for Krishna and the intensity of hers exceeding theirs made her the natural leader realizing that they each had the same thing in mind and with Radha as the leader, the, their leader they clasped hands with one another and waded into the night waters as Radha on behalf of all of them uttered the following O Jamuna, may Nanda and Yashoda be my in-laws, may Krishna be my husband, may we always play in Vrindavan, may all those holding my hand out of affection and entering the water with me become happy, with this in mind, we take shelter of you. So, they've decided to commit suicide. Hmm 
this is how bleak the situation is. Holding hands, Radha has to lead, and this is where she takes them, and they all, if we can't marry Krishna, then we'll not be yeah, enjoyed by anybody else. It's, it's not possible, and it's true, it's not possible. So, devastating. We're taking it from elders to Krishna's friends to the gopis, and now it's become acute in them. As they reached waist-high water, however, they heard a voice, apparently from the clouds, tell them not to be rash, and that they would never be enjoyed by anyone other than Krishna. Stunned by this and looking at one another for an explanation, another miracle occurred. The waves of the Jamuna personified into a beautiful goddess who ushered them back to the shore where Brinda Devi had brought Purnamasi and Madhu Mangal, the latter, jester, now notably more sober than he had ever been or ever would be. Together, Jamuna. Purnamasi and Brinda Devi consoled the girls, and Purnamasi educated them by explaining in some detail the implication of what the clouds had said as Madhu Mangal listened with rapt attention. It's not clear how much the gopis were able to digest the depth of Purnamasi's Parakya Tattva Siksha, <coughs> but her own faith in her explanation and affectionate assurances carry the day. In other words, the Parakya Tattva Shiksha is that it only looks like you're going to be married to somebody else. Actually, you're going to be you're, 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 you're chased to Krishna and Krishna only. It's only an appearance of that. It's not really th and there's so much philosophy and theology that uh, it's, it's very elevated and intricate and so on and so forth. So, Purnamasi is guru um, but I want to say here that rather than the details, which they can't get too caught up and be preoccupied with, otherwise the parakia can't take place either. They can't be involved in the parakia and actually feeling, but knowing, but actually it's not really happening. Mm -hmm. Actually, I'm not really married to somebody else. That doesn't work. So it's rather, you know, you can't, it's like, Uddhava came and he tried to speak philosophy and to the gopis and so forth and then they heard it and the, and then they repeated it back to him in a way that he that turned it into a whole different meaning from what he had intended hmm? rising out of their frame and he was educated although ostensibly he went there to educate them he was educated in the nature of Braj Prem and then he what, what happened to Uddhava when that happened to Uddhava he said to have wandered around the Braj for a couple of months. I mean, he went there to deliver a message to the gopis and to, and to the Krishna's friends and parents and so forth. Um, and having completed it, finally, with, with the gopis, he should have just returned back. Mission accomplished. I did it. Krishna, I delivered the message. Everything went well. <coughs> They're fine. Um, I told him not to cry because, after all, you know, God separates people. Providence is, you know, uh, he, he separates people sometimes, and there's nothing we can do about that, and so on and so forth. Um, uh, he told Nanda and Yashoda you, that you're so fortunate. You have Krishna as your son, and and, he, and they and they just to, just to introduce to introduce the topic. You're so fortunate, you have Krishna as your son, and then Nanda just says, "What are you talking about? Fortunate? Are you crazy?" speaks about how wonderful Krishna is and the fact that he's not here. And you say, I'm fortunate. Krishna's so wonderful. The more wonderful he is, the fact that he's not here. It's like, the more you like something, right, as we often say, and then you realize you can't keep it, the more troublesome the liking it becomes. Yes, he's attractive, but, and I'm attached, but he's not here. Uh, I'm the most unfortunate person. If you have something very valuable and you lose it, um, then you're, you're, you're worse than if you never had it at all. So he sees this in, in, their, in their response and, and, and in the gopis' response. And so he becomes educated to an extent about the nature of Braj Prem, which is not something that can be really taught. 
Hmm? Um, it has to be experienced. So instead of just returning back, he wanders around the brudge for a couple of months, and there's a couple of poems that are, exemplify the kind of thoughts that were on his mind hmm? in the Bhagavatam, a couple of poems, a couple of poetic verses that he chants. Hmm? And in the context of those, uh, one of them, he, he says he, he liked to be born in, in Braj, to have the, the, kind, the same kind of love that he has for Krishna, but with the intensity that he finds there in Braj, it exceeds the intensity of, of, uh, of Mathura and Dwarka and so forth. So this Braj Prem is very um, peculiar. It bewildered, should you be a Bimrit Gyam? It's beyond like the Upanishads. It's like kind of off the scriptural map. It's like Rupa Goswami says, the jewels, the valuable jewels, you might have heard my lectures on um, Namastakam, the valuable uh, jewel-like sounds of the Upanishads that shed light on the nature of the Atma, on the nature of Brahman, are really understood in context, are really only casting light on the light that emanates from the lotus toes of the holy name of, of Krishna. Hmm? Um, Jiva Goswami says it in, in a similar way. He says, he says uh, that um, what is it? Shrotam api Upanishadam dure harikatamrita. The sounds of the Upanishads like Tattvamasi, Ahambramasmi, Neti Neti. These are the Gyanis. They, they, they think about these like, hmm, what do they mean? You are that, you are that, you are Tattvamasi. Like Zen Cohen's or something. Um, that afford an epiphany of, 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 an, of an entirely different uh, picture of what the nature of being is, then you can gather with, this, with the mind and the senses and intellect and so forth. Uh, and Jiva Goswami says, these sounds, as far as they take one beyond the limited and very narrow uh, worldly perspective, <coughs> leave one dure, far away from where you can arrive at by Harikatam. Dure Harikatamrita, by the by the by the immortal nectar of the topics about Krishna, which is just the village talk of Braj. And he says Kampashru Pulakadeya. He he mentions some of the Astasatvika Vikar transformations, spontaneous transformations, Satvika Bhavas that uh, are reach ex- extremes in Braj. Hmm? Um, so, so, Purnamasi, anyway, she's going to lecture the gopis a little bit on, on the Parakya Tattva, but I mean, that's not really something that can, they can entertain. But, but behind, okay, sounds a little complicated, but her affection for them and her assurances and her sense that you belong to Krishna. Krishna belongs to you. That will never change. That's the truth. That's the Siddhanta. From her heart, that they're assured by that. They get some assurance by that. And, and then she lets them know that I'll be there for you and Brinda Devi will be there. Madam Mongol. These are all in the background type players, so to speak. Brinda Devi particularly tends to be in the background and, and, and Purnamasi as well. Manu Mangal now is going to come out of the background and come into more into the foreground, but he is also living in the background of Krishna's and Radha's Parakya sensibilities and they're on his mind and such that he can be a um, constant companion of Krishna and assist him with regard to this without others knowing. So he's in the foreground, but he's in the background and able to speak in language externally that has another meaning. 
um, for Krishna and can tender to him in, in, in this way and so forth. So um, these are good people. Hmm? Really, uh, to have them on your side, the gopis feel it. Hmm? Everything's going to be all right. We don't know exactly how it's going to work, but it, it, it's, it's going to work out, and we will, we will never will never be in. in even embraced by another man. And then there's all kind of theological ways in which the Goswamis talk about that and so on and so forth. But um, so together, Jamuna, Purnamasi, Brindadevi console, uh, consoled the girls, and Purnamasi educated them by explaining some detail the implications of what the clouds had said. Mongol as I said, now he's paying rapt attention and. Uh, she assured them that Brenda and herself and Madamongo would always be there for them. Thus it is, at this point, relative to the angle of vision from which we are writing all these about these leelas and re retelling them and so forth, thus it is at this point that Madamongo would, uh, began, excuse me, to identify himself as Radha's kinkar, an identification that would eventually win him the special favor of Radha's fast friend and Paramapreshta Saki, Lalita. Purnamasi then took Madhumangal and Brinda to meet Krishna, who was meditating elsewhere by moonlight. So we're telling the story from the Sakurasa point of view, and as the poor Virag begins to manifest, then the role of the Priyanarmas is going to become more prominent in the narrative than it was previously in uh, the late Kumar stage or the earlier stage of Krishna's uh, boyhood when he began herding calves and became a cow herder and so forth. So, prominent uh, entry of Madhu Mangal into his, his life at this time is very um, <coughs> appropriate and <clears throat> helps us to look at it from this angle. And, and this is Jivakasami's perspective also, but so I will read you then a description of their um, what they what, what transpired. Krishna sat in solitude on a slab of moonstone, one-minded in his meditation with a view to attain the hand of Radha. Stealthily approaching, intent upon tendering to Krishna's Purvarag, Purnaras. Purnamasi asked him, as if from out of the sky, because he's in meditation now, meditating on how to attain Radha, and he's in solitude in the forest, so they're creeping up on him, and so she's going to say something like, where is that, like it's coming right out of his meditation, something like that, he's meant to hear it like that. So Purnamasi asked as if from out of the sky, the sky of the mind of his meditation, is it so difficult to attain that upon which you meditate? After all, you have attained persons like ourselves, which then caused him to break his meditation and look at these three people who will be are now very prominent in the parakia and all the intrigue that it involves. They, they have put themselves at his, at his disposal. Hmm? Indeed, these three were most uncommon as manifestations of Braj's Lila Shakti, moving behind the scenes in anticipation of Krishna's every desire. Then, as Krishna turned and opened his eyes, still trying to conceal his budding Radha Prem, Purnamasi placed Mangal's hand in his hand, and in fact handed him over to Krishna to serve as his constant companion. Understanding what this new companion would mean to him in his leelas of love and friendship, Krishna accepted Purnamasi's gracious gift, and the two embraced in the intimacy of fraternal love, their hair standing on end, tears pouring from their eyes. Purnamasi then introduced Krishna to Brindadevi, and the two ladies departed, leaving Krishna alone with Madhumangal, who related in brief the preceding events that had taken place along the banks of the Jamuna. 
Krishna was eager to introduce Madhamangal to his friends, but his eagerness to do so was hindered by questions that lingered in his mind regarding the gopis' attempted suicide. As Madhamangal and Krishna walked arm in arm, the latter taking support from the former, Krishna also wondered aloud as to why he became choked up and short of breath in trying to talk about the implications of what had transpired, seeking further emotional support from his newfound friend. This is Krishna's in trouble here. He's, this, he needs help. Hmm? So, yeah, he can't even hold himself up practically. And emotionally, he's, he's feeling emotions that he's never felt before, what to do with them, and, <laughs> and so forth. So what is the, what is the role of <coughs> Mother Mongol here? Quite significant. Without yet knowing exactly what Purnamasi had said to the gopis, Krishna asked how they responded to Purnamasi's siksha, whatever it was. Madhumanga said they bowed their heads. Their breasts became moistened by their shower of tears, which in turn caused the tamal trees to wither. Krishna said, Do you know what was on their mind as they entered the Jamuna? So he's and so Mother Mongol is saying that, you know, that they heard the Siksha, they wept hmm, so much that the breasts became moistened by their tears. Hmm. And seeing that, the tamal tree, which represents Krishna, hmm, was uh, caused to wither. So he's saying, if you had seen them, hmm, you, would, you would melt. Hmm. Um, how they were to hear from Purnamasi that that they would not be betrothed to anyone else, or they would they would only somehow or that would be worked out that uh, they would only be with Krishna. This is if Krishna had seen how they responded, he himself would have withered. And Krishna says, "Do you know what was on their mind as they entered the Jamuna?" "Yes," replied Manamangal. "How do you know?" asked Krishna. They constantly looked at the tamal tree which has a color similar to yours. To which Krishna replied, please say more about this. Mother Mongo said, I know because of what the river goddess said. She lamented when the gopis entered the river and related their intentions to us afterwards. Radha entered the river saying, may Nanda and Yasoda be my in-laws and may Krishna be my husband. So Mother Mongo's kind of like trying to talk about it without coming out and saying it entirely, but Krishna's pressing him so he just said it in a choked voice having heard that Krishna said come let us go to meet with my friends so he got he's kind of he's prepared now to go and meet the West for his friends he's kind of pulled himself together with help emotionally by the help of Manamangal thus the Brahman boy Manamangal moved in with Krishna and became his constant companion his entry into Krishna's life, coinciding with Hari's adolescence and Puvarag, served to illustrate Sham's need for such Narmasaka friends in the very dawn, from the very excuse me, from the very dawn of his never-ending romantic life. Sri Krishna Krishna Saka Ki Jai, Radha Ki Jai. Any question? What's the time? The what? The reference of the street to tears. It's a famous song. No, no, no. It's some rhythm and blues type group or something. Soul, soul music, they used to call it. Purnamasi Yoga Maya as um, uh, Sita, oh, as uh, Advaita's consort, yeah. And Advaita, to some extent, there in the background arranging. Advaita bringing him, a way to give him permission to go. But Sita is, is particularly identified with Yoga Maya. Yes. There's no talk about that. We don't have to worry about that. 
some 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 ha- some have said I, I don't know whom I've heard it, but I haven't read it in any commentary that during the Brahma Mohan Leela and when when Krishna became all the coward boys, then it, it, it was arranged that all those boys would marry the gopis. But that's like prior to all this. This is at the end. That's end of the Kumar, end of the Kumar Leela. So it doesn't really um, follow the the text that well. But you know, there there are two uh, prominent. Uh, Persons who are mentioned uh, as the as the husband of Radha and the husband of Chandravali. Hmm? Um, what is his name? Abhimanyu and Govardhan. Hmm? Um, and um, some of the theologians have uh, reasoned that Abhimanyu is a is like a shadow representation of Krishna, manifestation of Krishna. Govardhan, on the other hand, is 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 not um, um, highly regarded. Not that Abhimanyu is highly regarded, but if he's a manifestation of Krishna, in particular, you know, that's, it's, he, he, Govardhan is not talking talked about like that. And Jiva Goswami says he's the only person in Braj. He's not really a Braj Brasi. He came from outside of Braj. For the marriage, <laughs> so. any Brajbasi boy would have been highly much more qualified <laughs> than either him or or, or Abhimanyu. They're not they're not looked at as very very intelligent in, in the Leela. What else? All right, so we'll start there. You see, Raju Gopal, Gijai, Kornitananda Gijai, Lord Primananda.